Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva. And this is the Casual Fridays REI podcast. Today, we're talking with former intern termed globe-trotting land investor, Brian McCarthy. Before we jump into that, though, let's talk about the Plum Investment Group. Guys, do you have a property you need funding for? Plum Investment Group is your solution. Plum helps land investors grow their business by funding your raw land purchase. It's truly an awesome deal, guys. And just to be clear, this isn't a loan. Plum will actually partner with you by putting up the money for your project. So do yourself a favor. Go check them out. The website is pluminvestmentgroup.com. Man, speaking of that, Plum is a cool thing for me is we've had a couple more sell from Plum, but I did have a guy that said, hey, Justin, I just retired from my 401k job. I know we had a couple properties listed with you. I decided I want to be retired and didn't want to be a land investor anymore. So, you know, I wish him, if he still listens to the show, happy retirement. I think it's awesome. And it's also awesome that you made the decision that you, you know what? Hey, land investing is not for me. I want to play with the grandkids. So I won't say your name, but I hope you have a happy retirement. I want to throw that in there. And we, we do appreciate your business at Plum. Yep. Mr. Sure. McCarthy. Hey, guys. What's up? You handsome devil you. You said <laughs> since it's the last time we talked to you, you haven't cut your hair is what I've been told. I haven't. Is this the rumor since, I've heard? Actually, since the internship started last March, I haven't cut it. I'm raising a bunch Just of letting myself go. March of 2019 is when you started. And it is now, is it June yet? Yeah. It's June of 2020 then. Wow. Wow. He was yeah, a straight-laced captain in the Air Force to <laughs> globe-trotting, <laughs> globe-trotting hippie with a wow. long hair. And, I love it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so, Brian, that. last time you had you on the show, you were gearing up to go invest abroad. Mm-hmm. And, you know, our listeners have been waiting on pins and needles to hear how you've done it. If you did it, <laughs> did you make it? Are you still a full-time land investor? Tell yeah, I'm sure they're, they're just dying to hear. But, no, it, <laughs> it, uh, it went – Really well, actually, all things considered, we did go over there. We got a flat in London, Yes. lived there for uh, six or seven months, traveled around Europe before the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I'm still full-time land investing. The good news is my business is basically in the same financial position as it was when I left to go over there. Okay. So to me, that's a success. Obviously, didn't grow a ton, but I kind of sacrificed a little bit of growth for some adventure there. So to me, it was worth it. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what this business is about, right? Give you that freedom yeah. to be able to, to have some adventure. So we always talk yeah. about being laptop warriors and this dude did it. Yeah, he definitely did it. I'm it's excited. Possible. It is possible. It, I know yeah. you had to struggle a little bit because we were actually just talking about it, but internet, right? That was yeah. an issue. That was definitely a big lesson learned. I mean, this business is obviously very dependent on the internet. So for anyone who's thinking about going overseas, definitely plan that part out carefully and make sure you have a good connection or it'll slow things down. Wow. That brings up a good question. So internet being one issue, what, give us a couple of the issues that you ran into and that you had to work through and how you worked through them. Yeah. Another one was just the time difference. So London is about six hours ahead of central, seven hours ahead of mountain time where I do most of my business. So, you know, I can't, I couldn't make any calls until three or four in the afternoon and stayed up late a few nights talking to people 11 PM midnight London time. Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge, but you know, 
as a full-time investor, I kind of got to set my own hours and mm -hmm. could make it work. So it was definitely um, workable. Almost seems to give you a, well, you probably had plenty of work to do during the day. I was also going to say, it seems like you probably had a pretty free day if you have the entire day to yourself because you can't call anyone until night, right? Yeah. It gave me time to do, you know, normal morning routine, get a workout in, do some reading and stuff in the morning, which is nice. So I kind of like being ahead of everybody on the time as opposed to being in LA before that, I was kind of like behind everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so it was Everybody's nice. three hours into the day when they get started mm -hmm. when you're in LA. Yeah. So your business is such, you said you didn't really grow it much, but did you have it honed in to where you had a certain product type and you just rinse and repeated and you knew what you're mailing for or were you trying to bounce around? Kind of explain to some of our listeners that may not know you what you had set up for your business. Yeah. So, well, I mean, a big part of what I learned last year with you guys was moving to a little bit larger acreage mostly focusing 20 plus acres, recreational type properties. And I've kind of been getting a little mix of that land that sells for maybe $1,000 an acre mm -hmm. to get that higher margin looking for cash sales. And then a few of the like lower end, uh, I don't know, desert type properties that sell for a few hundred dollars an acre on terms to build up my terms portfolio. So between those two categories, that's kind of what I was focusing in on. Okay. And, uh, we definitely have grown in some other ways. I mean, we were basically transitioning from using a lot of money partners in the business, which is great getting started, but kind of transitioning to funding deals ourselves and even starting to get some leverage with the line of credit, things like that. So we've made some changes along those lines. I like that. I, I like the idea of, you know, using a money partner and I've said it over and over with Plum and we, you know, Adam gave us a sweet intro at the beginning with, it's, I want you to use me two or three times and I want you on your own because that's where you really see your business grow because you're getting that whole profit, that whole piece of profit versus yeah. splitting it with somebody. And if you can, yeah. if you can struggle through it just to get one and say, Hey, I'm going to do this one all on my own. And it hits well. Now you're looking at one where you're doing three or four. And then like you said, you've actually funded a couple private funded a couple of deals for other investors. Yeah. I started doing that. I think it was just, you know, confidence with the business model, mm -hmm. feeling more comfortable picking, picking out deals and knowing what's going to make money. So started to do a little bit of private funding myself as well. Nice. Very cool. How'd you handle sales? Cause I know that if someone here is looking at your property and you're the one handling sales, they don't know you're in London and they don't know it's midnight, one o'clock there. Did you answer yeah. sales calls that late or did you have, what'd you do? Uh, I, I would usually cut it off a little earlier in the evening and just call them back the next afternoon. But yeah, I didn't, always volunteer the information that I was in a totally different country. Yeah. I think a lot of people thought they were talking to somebody here in Colorado, oh, nice. but, but if they asked, you know, I told them what was going on. They probably assumed we were just on like a one week vacation when I said we're over here in London right now. But, <laughs> yeah. Did you have um, a Google number? I mean, how, how'd you handle that? Talked a couple times on WhatsApp, but I don't, it's not like you had a standard telephone mm -hmm. that I knew of. Yeah. I used WhatsApp for personal stuff, but Google voice, worked like a charm over there. So no issues with that. That's what I was already using. And that worked fine. I still had Pat live taking the calls. We were doing actually both the buy side and the sell side calls were going to Pat live first as kind of our public phone number. Mm. So that helped yeah. as well. Do you have Pat live a script? Yeah. They have a script. Phone. And the first question on, on our script is, are you buying or are you selling land today? And so then it splits into the two different scripts for that. That's interesting. I think he's one of the few people that we have that is using it for the buy and sell side. So you're using it as your, your receptionist, essentially. Hey, Pat Live is my receptionist. And that's pretty neat that that function is there. And I, you see kind of the cycle go where people are like, ah, Pat Live's too expensive for what you get, but you really utilized it to its full benefit. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I've had a really good experience with Pat Live, and I, I like the touch of a human answering. For me, Google Voice, when it goes to voicemail, sometimes it ends up on my phone voicemail, or sometimes it's in the app. Yep. So it's a little messy, but Pat Live's pretty solid. And I've had some people say, yeah, you have, you have really great customer service. <laughs> so um, I like the sound of that. Yeah. I don't know why people don't use Pat Live, right? Because we can see how, essentially how many people use it. The number's very very small, unless they're just going around us or something, you know, it's either way, great, whatever. It doesn't, that's not the point of this. It's just, I don't know why someone wouldn't use it. To me, it seems like a very cheap way to have someone always taking care of things. You say cheap. I think some people are, then initial investments makes some people weary. I mean, you add another 150, 160 yeah. bucks a month. What was your Pat Live bill at like, Brian? I mean, we're probably averaging about 180 a month oh, right nice. now Whew. and for using it for both sides, but the casual Fridays discount definitely helps. Hmm. And <laughs> When I was looking at other providers, I mean, it's really not that much cheaper. So I figured I'd stick with Pat Live. Was there anything easier about being over there? Hmm. It's a tough one, huh? It's definitely easier to get to other cities in Europe. (laughs) Life was easier, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Ryanair, 20 bucks to get to Italy or Spain or something like that. Oh, and your wife, Becca, she was probably in heaven just enjoying life. This is just setting. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it was pretty fun. I just hang out at the cafes most most time during the day, eating some bread, drinking. Some I would cookies. do, yeah. I did a mix of cafes or just working from home, and then uh, I did bring my laptop when we would go to other countries because we would do like a week in a different place. So I would bring it just to kind of keep things moving along. But yeah, it it kind of brought into the the work life balance of uh, the gray areas, running your own business, and where do you set the boundaries? You know. I think that's an amazing, it's a, it's a great topic and something I'm glad you pulled away from it because you had to adjust your time and what your windows were for being that time period ahead and, and understand, okay, Hey, I can work to this and I can do this at this point, but I'm sure your home life and that, cause you just came out of a pretty structured environment being in the military. You did the internship with Lamuel and moved into this role uh, as you globe trotted. Yeah. And now you have settled where? We're in Denver, Colorado now. Okay. Awesome. Which is where my business, the terrain project is quote unquote headquartered. Nice. That's where our business address is. So a lot of the land we buy and sell is mostly here in Colorado. So it's, it is helpful to be local here. You know, I'm not asking if someone's going to go out and visit a property when it's like blizzarding. Cause I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you heard this, but he can see uh Coors Field where the Rockies play right, right outside his window. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, so you right spot. off the, are you right off by the train where it comes in off the airport? Yeah, pretty much right by union station. Sweet. That's oh. where snooze is, isn't it? Union station. I'm not Rest- sure about snooze. I'm it's an eatery. That. I think if it's Probably. where I'm thinking you are, there's a restaurant down there called Snooze and it's right off the train tracks that goes into the airport mm-hmm. at Union Station. It's we'll amazing. have to check it out. Everything yeah. is starting to open up a little bit here. We, I mean, we haven't been going out since we got here, but we will uh, hopefully get to check that out soon. Nice. Were you still there when the pandemic, COVID or whatever hit? Were you still in Europe? Yes, we were. We were in London until the end of April. So the last six weeks, we were basically shut in. And we missed a couple of trips that we were planning due to that. But I'm thankful we got to go see a bunch of different countries before the lockdown. We were kind of like, you know, we were in Northern Italy in late January, right before they got hit. And then we were in Rome and Amalfi Coast in early February before Italy got shut down. And then we were in Spain early March, right before the rest of Europe got shut down. So we got pretty lucky beating the wave of coronavirus. I'm thankful for that. Did you take it to each place? Is that why? <laughs> it could have been went, us. 
And then I as you not. left, everyone got sick. It's the Corona Bandit. <laughs> oh, no. The corona Bandit. I really hope not. <laughs> well, let's, uh, I want to ask a couple questions about personally your business and like where you see it going from now. Now you've done the abroad stuff. You've been full-time since you left the military and you did your internship and we're doing it full-time. What do you have planned for your business for the next six months to a year? And where do you see it growing beyond that? Yeah, over the next six months to a year, I'm really planning to just buckle down here, work pretty hard. And I want to grow our inventory to where it's all funded ourselves without money partners. And, uh, you know, we have a pretty comfortable inventory sitting there and a comfortable chunk in the bank. And then really from there, I want to, rather than continuing to grow the business financially, I want to actually reduce my amount of time spent working in and on the business. Kind of the four-hour work week dream, I guess, from there. So that's where I kind of want it to grow after that point to focus on some other projects that I'm really interested in. Do you want to tell us about some of those other projects? I guess high level, I'm, I'm definitely interested in getting into the affordable housing area. Okay. And um, I really like the idea of these tiny house communities that are popping up. Not necessarily like everything has to be tiny, but how affordable they are. Mm -hmm. And so I'm definitely interested in that. If there's anyone listening who's in that industry, wants to talk more, I'd be more than happy to talk more about that. Yeah, I love the idea of that. Every, when we drove out to East Texas to go show a property a couple of weeks ago, I was hitting Adam as we're driving by. Look over here because there's this dealership of park model RVs, essentially what they are, tiny homes. Then mm-hmm. you can go into an RV lot and they just sit there. And I was like, dude, those are just because they're beautiful. The way they've built, the, the craftsmanship that's being put into them now. And it's like, dude, yeah. you, our dream is to own the winery and have like 10 of those there. And yeah. that way you can have your wedding there, but your grooms and your, your bridesmaid guests can stay on site. And I'm like, it's be a cash cow because they're just missing it. And it, we could have that there. It's unrestricted land. So, you know, something yeah. like that would be cool to me. And I, I know it's a little bit different than the affordable. You're trying to be the good Samaritan. I'm trying to cash out. <laughs> but I think Either I love way, the idea cool. of that. Are you wanting to live in one of the tiny homes? You know, I He's last year I was, <laughs> my <laughs> wife. <laughs> he looked at the list. He knew how to answer. I love it. Hi, I, Becca. I, I was working on her with the whole van life idea. Yes. And, uh, we tried a weekend in a van, just didn't work out. I don't think it's right for us. Okay. I'll just say that. But maybe something more minimal, yeah. something like that. I like Justin's sister-in-law did six months in a van. Six months in New Zealand in a van. Nice. Yeah. And so that it was, was like awesome. you said, it was not right for you. Her and she was with a guy that she met while she was travel nursing in uh, Hawaii. And mm-hmm. there was just little nuances like hey, the, the roof would get wet, you know, from condensation or you're taking oh, a shower yeah. outside or the belt breaks and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you're trying to figure a way to get back out. They bought it yeah. on their flight in and sold it on their way to the airport and handed it off to another couple and took off. That's awesome. Yeah, there's all, all kinds of weird things. Like when we did the weekend, we just had a heater on in there and the windows just completely fogged up, like yeah. kind of sketchy. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, the and then we did. That's why it fogged up. Hey, hey. We didn't have a bathroom in ours, so we were like constantly looking for public restrooms and stuff. Yeah. That part was definitely annoying. Yeah. That's where you get me. I'm out. Yeah. You know, I love the idea of a sprinter. I, if for me with three kids and a wife, it's not something we would ever be able to do, but I love the idea of having yeah. a sprinter van and being able to get out on this property and just kind of hang out and enjoy the life. And yeah, if I were ever single and did what we do now, I would, it would, I would actually definitely look at it. But you know, when there's another yeah. person involved, you start to get those questions and things like that. Yep, exactly. No, it sounds like you got a good plan going on. I, when you mentioned you kind of stepping away from that daily grind, you know, I feel like 
that's where you'd really transition from being, or essentially you have created yourself a job or, you know, you've got your own business, but you become the business owner mm-hmm. when you create those processes and you're able to step out and guide the ship. Right. And it kind of sounds yeah. like that's your plan to do is make that happen. Yeah, pretty much. I think I, I tried to do that too early on and I, and I just got, Oh, I talked about this in the last podcast, but I just got really high expenses. I think it's like, once you're making good money, then you can bring on more people. Right. Yeah. But I kind of had the cart before the horse on that. Dude, I, I struggle with that every day. Like I'm at a point where I need to have an extra person or two working for me. And I, and I refuse to, unless it's case by case or piecework, you know, I don't, I'm not ready for that responsibility again. You know, corporate life before I had, I think my last, uh, last, my job before my last one, I had 2,500 people that worked directly for me. And yeah. I just don't want that again right now. I don't want like one or two is cool, but just finding that right fit because there's a, there's an ebb and flow there. I had Beth with me for a long time or for a year and then she's doing her own thing now, which is great. But you know, mm-hmm. finding another work relationship like I had with Beth, I'm like, ah, I can't find that. I want a Beth again. And it's tough yeah. to find that piece. It's true. And I mean, leadership is hard. So once you bring someone on or multiple people, that definitely takes a significant amount of time in itself. Yeah, And that's been my biggest hang up. I'm glad you brought that up is that the time on the front side where I know they're not being productive and I'm having to invest the capital into them, you know, Hey, I'm paying you three or four months if hoping that you get it. And then if you don't get it, did I just waste three or four months of money just to teach somebody else the business or or what? Yeah. And everyone's so transient now that it's, it's like, are you really going to hire somebody for more than a year? Are they going to go on to the next, next job, next opportunity? So So I'm thinking about hiring some uh, semi-retired older ladies because they can only work so many hours. They're not going anywhere. They're stuck in their place. And that's nice. what I'm thinking about start shopping now. Good idea. And if I get scared, I can cuddle. <laughs> uh, what if they want to retire? I'm not going to let them. Oh, well. I'm not going to let them. They, <laughs> sounds like, does not sound like a... They get to commit five years to me. Oh, wow. And then five years they can retire. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get PETA called against me. PETA. Yeah. Okay. Well, well all right. Oh, yeah. you say so. <laughs> Brian, you got anything else you want to say to people? Anything on your mind? Anything? I guess I just wanted to leave the message. I mean, I think a lot of people think about the freedoms that come with land investing. And I just want to encourage people. It's definitely doable. It's definitely possible to get out there. When we were initially dreaming about it, we thought, oh, there's no way we could actually do that. But there's a lot of moving pieces, but you can definitely make it work with this business model. So I would encourage people to pursue it, you know, take action if that's what your dream is. Yeah. Very cool. I, I appreciate you giving that advice. That's some good advice. I'm glad to hear it. I'm going to hit him up on that advice. If the schools don't open back up right here, <laughs> we're selling everything. We're moving to the beach, bro. I'm gone and I'm going to follow nice. Brian's lead. Do it. All right. Well, you heard it there, people. If we uh, Justin's uh, living on the beach in two months, you know why. <laughs> so I will end it there. Brian, thank you so much for coming uh, on the show. We're uh, happy to have you back in the States and so we can finally Thank talk you. to you whenever we need to. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. I guess that's it. Justin. No, man, I'm glad to see him back. I'm glad to see him doing well. And I hope that you and Becca are acclimating into your new lives in Denver right now. We're liking it a lot so far. Been really Next good. time put her on camera. So you have to quit looking at her so we can just see her, <laughs> her, her uh, expression. I don't think she can hear me, but yeah, she can hear you. She can't hear us. I don't know what we're asking. All right, guys. Uh, well, that's it for today then. As always, go to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, and a subscribe. And then go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. We love you. See you Friday. See you Friday, guys.